Grace, mercy, and peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we get into today's sermon, I got a, a point of clarification. I was watching some nervous Jag fans out there during the confession and absolution. I thought if your team comes back to win, anything you said during the game is null and void. Is that not true? <laughs> Doesn't work that way? Praise God for confession and absolution. All right, that's good. Just wanted to get that out of the way. All right, we're going to talk about stewardship for the next four weeks. It's that time of the year. It's January. We're renewing everything. All the uh, memberships we have, all the stuff around the house. We're starting our new list. We're working on our resolutions. And here we're going to talk about stewardship. But unlike many of the four-week sermon series and stewardship where we focus on time, we focus on talents, we focus on treasures, and then we look to you for change, we're going to do it a little bit different this year. We're going to look at past, present, and future. Well, in this case, we're going to look at past, past, present, and future. Today, we're going to look at the Old Testament stewardship, what we see from our Old Testament leaders, from our heroes, Next week, Pastor Jeff is going to look at stewardship in the New Testament and what we see certainly going forward in, in Paul. We're going to look then in week three, Pastor Jeff is going to look today, how we see these things happening in our world. We're going to wrap it up in week four. I want to look to the future, but I want to actually do it looking back at Acts 2, Peter and the way. See, I, seem, I, I think we're going to see a lot of parallels and how we do ministry, and to how Peter and the apostles did it in the way. But for today, we're talking about a bunch of liars, drunkards, adulterers, and murderers in the Old Testament. Just the people we want to look up to, right? But we do. So when it comes to stewardship in the Old Testament, we see over and over God using the time, talents, and treasures of ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We want to look at the real cost of following God and his commands to give of ourselves in such personal and extraordinary ways. So as we look at our OT history a little bit, let's start with in the beginning. It starts from the very first man, Adam. Adam, it says in chapter 2 of Genesis first in verse 15, that he, God, put him in the garden to work and keep it. I'm surprised to see the word work in there before the fall of man or sin, right? To me, work is kind of a, a sinful thing, right? That's something we have to do. And yet, here we see it. He put him in the garden to work. And then in verse 19, he named everything. It was so cute at early service. We're having our pop quiz, and, and, and I, I won't name which Beckwith boy it was, but... Um, <laughs> He says, yeah, Adam did everything he was supposed to until Eve came. <laughs> I hope to do that premarital counseling someday for that young man, you know. Uh, but, but certainly we saw Adam doing what God called him to do. That's why we're all here. Then we get to Noah, the first God made a covenant with. God was frustrated with just about everybody, and he called Noah. He called Noah first to be faithful. Building that ark was not a popular thing. You can only imagine. I, I had a, a Facebook post. I, I love t-shirts. I'm a big t-shirt guy. And I had a Facebook post come up. It was a t-shirt that said, Noah was a conspiracy theorist until it started to rain. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I, if it wasn't $34, Christian ones are always expensive, right? 
But it is that idea of what Noah did was faithful. And certainly, chapter 9, after the flood, after the waters went, they said to Noah and his wife, his three sons and three daughter-in-laws, be fruitful and multiply. And we're here. So it worked, right? They were faithful. Then we go to Abraham, right? Abraham, the father of many nations. He was 100 years old when God said, I'm going to make your descendants so numerous you can't even count the stars. And Abraham laughed. My wife's 90. I'm 100. No way. But we trust God. What God said he did. And again, another covenant was made with Abraham. And of course, we all get to see how that turned out. I'd love to get into Jacob and, and, and Isaac and Jacob because I love that story. But read your Genesis. I'll let you guys get on that. I got to keep moving. We're going to get to Joseph. I think it's more important to see what one of the 12 tribes in Joseph, what happened here, saving a nation from starvation. It's a perfect example, right? Don't upset your siblings. You don't know what they're going to do to you. But Joseph sold, works really hard as a slave. They lied about him, gets thrown in jail, and yet God continues to use him. Not only to use him, but to save those same brothers who sold him. And many nations. Again, God using his people. We get back to another covenant one. Moses. As you heard the kids, they know what Moses did, right? He fled Egypt after murdering one of the Egyptians. Why would he go back? And that's who God chose to send back to save the Israelites. The murderer. The one who was afraid to talk, the one that said, I can't talk, I can't go, don't send me. And yet God prepared him, took care of him. We see what Moses did. Finally, David. Certainly another one God set a covenant with. For David, right from the start, right? Defeating Goliath, coming up in the ranks, and now he's got King Saul after him. He has to be careful. That, that fear and love relationship with Saul and certainly his son, Jonathan. David gets through all that. And of course, then his lust gets to him with Bathsheba. He has somebody murdered, another murderer. And God used him. God used him again to do many great things. And it leads us today to today's sermon text in Proverbs 3 to Solomon. Oh, wise Solomon. So wise... And yet he still fell to sin. But when he asked God for wisdom and God gave him everything, one of the things Solomon, of course, did was to write Proverbs here. It was this first part, an address to his son. That's where I want to pick up today. You're going to hear some familiar verses in here, but I want to focus on these 10 verses as we talk about what that stewardship looked like in the Old Testament. We start with the first four verses. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Now, I don't know about the rest of you where it changed somewhere between me being a child and me being a teacher, but the fourth commandment when I was growing up was, Honor your father and mother that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. I understood what that meant. If I don't listen to my parents, I will die young, right? <laughs> and it's scriptural. 
We see that in the scriptures, in the commandments, but certainly right here in Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for a length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you right from the start. Following what we learn. Now, of course, we all know it doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. We've all made them. We grow from them. We learn from them. But the wisdom that God has given us in this Bible is right there. As I'm working with the uh, confirmants on Sunday morning, there's nothing they don't know. We just don't always listen, right? We don't follow. Our excitement gets the best of us. We don't always use what God has given us. We certainly don't always follow what he has shown us to do. I actually had a member stop me and say, you know, I'm, I'm looking to God for, for answers and signs. How do I know the answer is really from God? Well, God has written it all in the Bible. This is what we read. Be very careful of what we hear or know or feel. Can our feelings be wrong? Yeah, we're sinful. We do need to be careful. It takes us to verses 5 to 8. And again, you're going to hear 5 and 6. 5 and 6 are my favorites. If you're ever in a tough situation with somebody and you don't know what to say, read 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And always acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Truly, that first part makes perfect sense. We should rely on God, not our own thoughts, feelings, or what we think we know. We trust in him even when we're not sure. He will guide us. But that part about fear. It goes back to how smart Martin Luther was. You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That fear, that fear of the Lord, that's what keeps us from doing stupid at times, isn't it? We've all been there. That's how we learn and grow. That fear of the Lord. That idea of trusting in Him and being careful. I... I Again, it was one of my favorite things to say to the kids. If you have to look around before you say something, don't say it. If you have to look around before you do something, you probably shouldn't do it, right? We know. We are directed. We do have help. It's that trust and fear in the Lord keeps us careful. And I think that's what also helps us when it comes to stewardship. When it comes to using what we have, what we know, what our gifts are, how we're to spend our time. The Lord will direct us. Every single one of you was born with certain gifts that other people just don't have. For a purpose only God knows. Between you and Him. We have to seek Him. And that's where it comes to the final two verses, the part that is the stewardship verses here, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your, all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's a great promise, right? Make sure we give God our first fruits and we're going to be wealthy. It seems kind of silly, right? I thought God likes a joyful giver, not one that wants more money. And yet, this is what I caught growing up. When I would go to ask mom for money when I didn't have it, she's like, are you tithing? It's funny how that works. When I was tithing, I had what I needed. When I wasn't, I was broke. 
it was such an eye-opening experience to hear Addison say that a couple years ago. And I'm like, oh, that's not why we give. But God certainly blesses us. Serving, the different ways we serve. I look across and I can almost point to most of you how you serve the Lord, how you serve the Lord here at Grace, how you probably serve in your own families, how you serve out in the world today. How many of you have done different things, whether it's teaching or altar guilds or VPS or helping out in ways? Just the other night, I had a mom who couldn't get here to pick up her kids. I talked to another mom. Yeah, I got it. I'll take care of it. The way in which we reach out and help, we're open. The way God looks out for us. First fruits is difficult. Giving of the Lord first when we have our own fears as husband and wife, as parents. Have we taken care of our future? Have we taken care of what we need? One of the best moments I had when Addison was little is there was the check to give uh, for our tithe on the counter. He's like, I can't get an Xbox and you're just giving that to the church? You, you give that every month? No, son, we give it every two weeks because that's God's. It's not yours. No, you can't have an Xbox. <laughs> Stewardship lesson number one. Check. If we don't give it to the Lord, it won't be there at the end. We all know that. Life happens. But when we trust in the Lord, when we serve him, when we use our gifts, we use our time, we use our talents. I think it's a great opportunity when our kids are little. They have no money. They learn it strictly through time and talents. And slowly through money. And it's a good thing because I think that's the hardest one. If we don't start early, it's real difficult. I think over the next four weeks, you're going to see the challenges that sometimes we face. Starting with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Now, real quick, I want to I go back just real quick to look at our six leaders, our six Old Testament examples, starting with their ups and downs. Let's start first with Adam. Wanting more than we need, right? I, this is one of those moments... Adam and Eve had everything they needed, but they listened to the serpent. Did God really say you can't eat from that tree? It's because you'll know like he knows. They desired more. They had the skills. They had all the time. They just had to listen. And they didn't. They failed. When it comes to Noah living differently, how much ridicule do you think he took putting that ark together? How many times did his sons look at him like, really? Why am I doing this, Dad? I wonder how many times they thanked him when they were floating on the water all by their lonesomes and everything is gone. Living differently for the Lord is going to be difficult at times. I think it gets more difficult each day. But does it change the fact that we're preparing for what we know to be true? We all know where we're going to be someday. We need to let others know too. We go to Abraham, trusting God to do the impossible, right? Yep, he was 100, his wife was 90, but when God said it, it happened. We now, living on this side of the cross, and have seen these examples over and over, why would we ever doubt God? Is there anything we haven't seen? Why would we ever doubt God? We need to trust God to whatever he's called us to do. Certainly with Joseph... When things don't go our way, right? I don't think any of us have been sold into slavery and lied about and thrown into prison. What problems do we have? <clears throat> Something doesn't go right. Our vacation got canceled. We're struggling. Jobs 
we need to trust. We need to trust God to lead us and provide for us, to help us, to give us opportunities. We need to be careful we're not that, again, it's one of those dumb jokes about the guy on the roof with the water and the flooding. People keep coming by to save him. He's like, no, God will provide. When he drowns, he gets to heaven. He's like, God, where were you? He's like, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. You, know? you were too dumb to grab one. We need to trust in God to provide for us. Certainly when it comes to Moses, when we don't feel equipped, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. I'm scared about doing that. I don't know how. Good. Trust in the Lord. It's not such a bad thing when you don't know how because then we rely on him. We rely on the people around us. Being able to say, I don't know how or I'm not comfortable is not a bad thing. And finally, David, overcoming our faults and failures. Now, I don't want to pry here. I don't know if any of you had lusted for somebody else and had their spouse killed. But I'm pretty sure if God can forgive David and use him, there's probably nothing we haven't done that we can't come back from, right? God forgives all. If God can use David the way he did, why can't he use us in any way he wants? If you're not sure how the Lord has blessed you, if you don't think you have any gifts, spend a few minutes with your family and friends. Ask them, what do you see me doing? How do you see the Lord using me? Because I guarantee you, it's easier for people to see it in us than it is for ourselves sometimes. That's why it's so great to be surrounded with the brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you still don't know, come ask Pastor Jeff and I. We'll find a place for you. No problem. You might not like what we find for you, but God will use you. Wonderful things will happen. To God be the glory there. We spend 20 plus years of our lives figuring out what gift God blessed us with. And the rest of our lives trying to follow him and use our gifts to serve him. But learning to give of our time and treasures is something, something we have to learn and practice over and over. It isn't natural. And whether we start at 10, 30, or 50 years old, it requires a relationship with the Lord. Let us continue to grow in our love and trust for the Lord each day and every day. To God be the glory. Amen.